You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. Delirious. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Jackson. PM Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into, cued into the Orange and True podcast, harpered by College at Magnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Drew Croson, at Santa Crow 2 on Twitter, at Santa Crow on Venmo. But you don't need to look me up. I got a new bike. I'm doing okay. To one side of me, the the magic of the internet, the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for South Carolina, question mark? Still super mad about the Braves. Ooh. To the other side of me, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR. A man, a man who knows that incentives are important. He learned that in rehab. The AU chief. The spirit of the blues, baby. Now we're talking. Still, still top of the table. Now, Chief, are you going to stand here and defend a goalkeeper, a certain goalkeeper who may have ended the season of the best defender in world football in a pretty classless play? Uh, yeah, I'll defend him. <laughs> he was going for the ball. It should have been a straight red. Straight he red. Been sent off. He no, should have no, been no, sent I'll off. Say, I, I'll say he, he could be sent off, but there's nothing else to it than that. Like he's not trying to kill the guy. He 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 was literally going after the ball. He's Jordan Pickford, and he's just rash. And he made a he made a bad challenge. Uh, you can send him off, but that's it. Like none of this. What was other. the injury? ACL. Well, he tore his ACL. I, it, uh, okay. Yeah. But well, I don't know. That happens. Yeah, it's soccer. It happens. He didn't. <laughs> you break told his, me he like broke his shin and half. Right. He didn't clean, break his leg. Maybe. Like, but it, bruh. <laughs> I haven't seen it. The, no, the, the challenge itself seen. doesn't look like it looks crazy because he jumps into him. But like the injury doesn't look like anything really happened. It's just, no, it was, it's a challenge it was, that you don't you've seen it called a red before. Right. And, and I would say in the field, that's a red every time 100%. It, a keeper, a keeper in his box. It, it's that's probably why he didn't get called. That, that's probably probably why they didn't say, yeah, that's a red. Um, I got a Liverpool though, friend that literally texted my oh, other group chat. Idiots. Holy they're moly. Being idiots, he was they're, like, they're being so stupid about what it. Is Liverpool too good joke. to get that call? No, uh, they're all mad because they always get the call. There, There's like so many instances of them like breaking dudes' legs for Everton that, and nothing happening to them and them not having a word to say about it uh, over he the called, years. He, he called Jordan Pickford the British son. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Is, so, is that an so, insult? Uh, no. Son is a Son. Korean player for Tottenham Hotspur who has just torn people's ACLs left and right. <laughs> he, he broke. He he did a double leg break on one of our players last year, and but the difference is Son did it out of anger because right. he had, they didn't call a free kick on Andre Gomez who fouled him before, 
And so he just went and hunted him down and just broke his leg. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, uh, the intent, I'm sure, was not to break his leg, but he hunted him down to to tackle him and hurt him. This was not that. Um, Pickford tried to go. I mean, the ball was there. He tried going after the ball, but it was not. it, It was a reckless, reckless challenge for the ball. And it, it's it should have been a red, um, but they didn't give it. I think for twofold reasons they didn't give it because he was offside. Um, it was it would have been a penalty had he been onside, um, but they didn't give it. I think because uh, it. I mean, it, it didn't seem like violent conduct. It wasn't. Yeah. He, he didn't receive a retroactive ban for that. Um, Liverpool fans are just being big babies because everything always goes their way and they uh, can't handle it when they don't. <laughs> so, uh, he, he, again, I say that I would not be uh, upset if he had been received a red card, even like some retroactive where they were like, that was reckless. It wasn't violent conduct, but it was reckless. Uh, he should be punished for it. I get that. But then there's, there's people calling he should be out for the entire time Van Dyke is injured and stuff like that, and it's silly. Well, that's silly. my that's my targeting penalty. That's yeah. my rule for, for football. If you t- if you get if you injure a player in a helmet to helmet hit, right, you're out for as long as that player's sure. out. So right. that player's out for I don't know a quarter. You're out for a quarter. That player's out for a game. You're out for a game. Six weeks. Right. Six weeks. But yes, I don't think I think that concept of if you have a bad tackle in football and in soccer and, and a guy gets out for a game season. I mean, cause freak injuries like that happen all the time. Plus like, would Everton be that much worse off without Pickford, please. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seamus Coleman had a double leg break and, um, I mean, it was just a, it was a freak injury. Like it just, it happens. Cause when you, when you go for the ball, sometimes you go through people's legs. Right. Um, and, I don't know. We've talked about that for way too long. Everton's still top of the table. Uh, it's a great feeling. One of my teams is doing well. The Braves, not so hot. Uh, it was fun. That's one way to put it. Guys, it was fun why it lasted. We got to talk. We got to keep talking about the checkered ball because the Auburn Tigers soccer team beat number went on the road and beat number twelve Georgia. Is now currently. You're top. saying we we beat Georgia and Athens in football? Exactly. All right, it counts. It counts. Beat all, beat Georgia in Athens in football and is now ranked top 15 itself, number 14 Auburn, with a 1-0 road win versus the Dogs, the Soccer Dogs, which I hope that's what they're called. Um, yeah, Auburn's 2-0-1, the last unbeaten team remaining in the SEC. Now, again, they had about a 22-day break in play because of the impending and constant pandemic that has crippled everything and is all-encompassing and always present in our mind. Uh, but other than that, they're doing really well. They're, they're, there are five ranked teams in the SEC this year, though, Ryan. Arkansas at 7, Texas A&M at 9, South Carolina at 11, and then Georgia, who is now ranked 15, just behind your Auburn Tigers. So... Yeah, pretty unbelievable. First road trip of the season. Auburn hands Georgia its first loss of the year with a penalty kick and then played the final 35 minutes a man down as Auburn had a red card. Because Auburn had a little bit of fire in the belly, apparently. And got, had a player sent off. 
unlike the Everton Blues, but had a player sent off. No, Everton had a player sent off. Oh, right. Richarlison, who did just a just awful tackle. But anyway, go ahead. So, guys, we have a football team who has yet to lose a game on campus. If you are in Auburn and are able to go to the soccer complex and see them play, I believe they're allowing socially distanced fans. Um, and you should do it. It's a good time. Get to see a light show. Plus, Karen yeah. Hoppe's Karen, Karen a delight. And we should this, support her as much as They still can. doing the light show during the uh, pandemic? I believe so. Oh, okay. And, cool. guys, Karen Hoppe is still the longest tenured Auburn head coach in any sport. And there's no uh, reason to get rid of her. Long may it continue. Yeah. Long may it continue. Long may I her figure, reign continue. I figure she'll retire here. I assume that's how that'll go. So yeah, not. I assume so too. Hope, hopefully we never have to find out what her buyout is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably the same as mine. All right. So, guys, want to talk a little hoops before we get yeah. into the depressing Let's news? Let's do it. I thought it was just a whole basketball podcast. Well, this is a soccer podcast. We do talk a little bit about well, basketball. Okay. Uh, yeah. Speaking of soccer, Chief, what the hell is Dortmund doing? Dude, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I guess, speaking of soccer, you've been talking about soccer the whole show. I, I guess that, I guess that's what what happens though when you are starting like a bunch of teenagers. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, even you're as starting teenagers. As they are, because it's you're playing Lazio and you're thinking, oh, we got this. And then you lose 3-1. They're, they're, they're starting teenagers in the league, though. Gio Reyna is That's starting true. every game for them now. And Gio Holland. Peace be upon him. Our yeah. American savior. And Jaden Sancho and Bellingham and all those dudes are all young dudes. And Holland. Yes. The ugliest man on the face the of the Norse, year. Our Norse king. I, how do you uh, practice eugenics and come out with that? That's what I want to <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> hope he doesn't hear this. You gold nicks. Hell, hell more like it. All right. So remember that one time we had a bunch of Dutch listeners. That's true. We probably still do. Hope, hope, Holland. Listen, guys, Auburn basketball started practice this week. Yeah. It's and, exciting. Uh, You're, uh, it's weird because we should be two, three weeks away from games. Yeah, we should like have already had here. like. Our our March man or our Midnight Madness already right and then uh, yeah they, yeah that would probably would have been this past weekend yeah and uh, yeah we'd be a couple weeks away from games instead of a month and five days or so so yeah because the first game is uh, November twenty fifth right yeah I think it's right twenty yeah I think it's Thanksgiving Day don't we start out Whatever with like this year. Gonzaga the number one team in America. <laughs> I think that's on the table. We're supposed to be playing them uh, in Orlando. Jeepers creepers. Well, at least uh, we weren't scheduled to play in Hawaii and then have to play in Orlando. I kind of want to do a fun uh, a fun rundown of the official heights and weights compared to last season. Did you see that, Ryan? I think it would be more fun if you compared it to like the 2012 roster. No, I, can't, I don't have time to look <laughs> that up. <laughs> but, all right, so here here's our center, projected starting center, Babatunde Akimbola. Yeah. Because our starting center comes from Africa. Mm. And 
He is 6'10", 245 pounds. He is nine pounds heavier than he was at this time last year when he weighed in. Shout out to Damon Davis. Ding, ding, ding. Devin Cambridge. Boys up. Devin Cambridge, a.k.a. Slim Malik Dunbar, is six foot six, two hundred and fifteen pounds, which means he has gained twenty five pounds. Damon, my my boy, Damon, from last work. year. Devin Cambridge putting on some weight is going to be a, a problem for a lot of guys. Dude, where where did you find this roster? By the this way, this is on EagleEyeAuburn.com. Shout out to Eagle Eye News. Hmm. Dylan Cardwell Center, who's a freshman, I believe. Is six foot eleven, which is almost seven feet. You guys, it's a large guy. Two hundred and fifty pounds, which puts him at thirty pounds heavier than his high school roster. All right, wow. Sharif Cooper, the point guard, six foot one, one hundred and eighty pounds. He has gained an inch and twenty pounds over his senior year high school roster. I think maybe they are giving him an inch on the hair. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Maybe. Remember when uh, Jared Harper was like six one? Wasn't he listed at like six one? He was impressive. He grew, I think, three inches within the course of like two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then lost it at the NBA Combine. <laughs> yeah, man, it's shocking how that happens. Alan Flanagan, six foot six, two hundred fifteen pounds. He also gained an inch and gained fifteen pounds. His hair also seems to have grown. I'm looking at his picture now. So. Guard Jamal Johnson, the the like darling of preseason camp, is 6'4", 195, no change. When you got something good, you keep it. 6'4", 195 <laughs> is pretty good for a it's pretty good, pretty good for a shooting guard. Yeah, shooting absolutely. guard. It's a Bryce, that's Bryce the same Brown. size Bryce was, yeah. Yeah. Tyrell Turbo Jones, 6'1", 195. He gained 25 pounds. Telling y'all, Damon, he knows what he's doing. Big double D. Either that or all these dudes were just watching Netflix. They're watching Tiger King the whole pandemic. <laughs> just eating Costco uh, peanut butter pretzel I'll, bites. I'll tell you this. There's no way Damon let that happen. No. No matter how much distance he had between these guys, there's no way. He's putting in work. <laughs> Tyrell, uh, so Chris Moore, forward, six foot six, two forty, also 20 pounds up on last year. Justin Powell, freshman from Kentucky, six foot six, 205 pounds, gained 25 pounds in an inch from last year. Freshman JT Thor, God of Thunder, 6'10", 205. He gained an inch and 15 pounds from last year. Dude, you gained like, you gained 25 pounds or 15 pounds of muscle, most likely. Yes. That's not easy to do. No. At, no. I mean, I guess when you're that age, it's, it can be fairly easy. But, like, it would take me quite a long time to put on 25 <laughs> pounds of muscle. <laughs> I could put on 25 pounds period pretty quick i need to drop about 25 pounds currently maybe i can talk to damon Same. about that <laughs> if anybody knows damon and is listening to this podcast if you could get him to send chief me and ryan a workout plan to get us down to playing weight please do that i would love to do that for the podcast and just yeah that's a great idea all right. I'll reach out. I, I probably have to drop about 40 pounds to be in playing weight. Well, hey. <laughs> Jalen Williams, six foot eight, 230 pounds. He gained an inch. He gained an inch. And he was already a pretty tall 6'7". Six, 6'8", six, he plays bigger than he is. Yeah. Jalen Williams is the guy I'm the most excited about seeing. Jalen Williams, yeah. I am extremely excited about seeing. 
I'm also I, really excited about seeing Devin Cambridge throw down just bonkers alley-oops all season. I think Bruce was hiding Jalen Williams last year. and um, That was this uh, podcast theory was that Jalen Just to make sure he didn't go to the draft. Yes, yeah, Jalen yeah. Williams was a secret one and none that Bruce didn't want to leave. All right, Javon I, Franklin, 6'7", 220, he gained two pounds. We're going down now. We're in the uh, we're in the walk-ons. Leo Borman gained 10 pounds. He's at 6'4", 215. Preston Cook, hometown kid, he gained five pounds. He's 6'4", 205. Chandler Leopard. 6'3", 195, gained 10 pounds. And Chase Mazdorp, the Dutch oven, is six foot, 175 pounds. He gained no weight. But guys, Dylan, Car- Dylan Carnwell, number 44. How do we feel about that? Love it. I love a good 4'4". Four, four. He's, he's the highest number on the team. It's a fullback number. So it's, it's an odd number. You don't ever – I can't think of any good 44s. Uh I'm sure there's some. I'm looking this up now. Like I'm trying. I I used to have. This I'm, game I'm trying right. to remember the highest number. I mean, I know Austin was 50. Uh, well, 55 was the yeah. <laughs> the extra jersey, right? Right. Uh, but I'm trying to think of the highest numbers we've had lately. I, it's it's got to be Austin at 50. I can't remember anybody. Pete Maravich uh, wore number 44 for a while. Did he? Yeah. Well, didn't the 55 jersey belong to somebody early in Bruce's tenure? Probably. I'm trying to remember. Wasn't uh, wasn't Simeon? Was was he thirty? Simeon was five, wasn't he? Five. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here are your forty fours in NBA history, Chief. This is just for you. Okay. All right. Danny Thanks. Ainge. Oh yeah. Pops Mitsubansu. <laughs> Derek Coleman. Hmm. Christian Leitner. Mm. Cherokee Parks. Shout out to Cherokee Parks. It's a great name. Brian so also a trailer park in Fort Payne. <laughs> no, no joke. Brian Scalabrini, aka the Human Victory Cigar. Ralph Simpson. Rod Thorne. Yeah. Drazen Petrovic. Maybe the greatest European car, a European basketball player of all time. Died in a car accident while playing for the Brooklyn for the. Uh, at the time, New Jersey Nets. But uh, he went over 44 for the Trailblazers at one point. Bojan Bogdanovich mm. for the Utah Jazz currently wears number 44. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, he George can make Gurdon, a name for himself. Pete Maravich. Yeah, Paul Westfall. And Jerry West, the logo himself, was the 44. Was the greatest of 44s. I'll be. Well, maybe Dylan Cardwell can add to that list after his time at Auburn. I wonder I wonder why he chose 44. There's other numbers available here. Huge so. Maybe he's a fan. big Hank Aaron fan. I think mean, oh, Maravich's numbers retired by the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Maybe he was like, man, I want to be an Atlanta Hawk one day and get my, my jersey retired like Pete Maravich. My theory here is... That's, that was his junior high number, and he just got stuck with it, and now that's what he's he's going with, is what I would guess. Just you never have to worry about somebody else having your number if you're 44. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we need to get Justin Ferguson to ask Dylan Cardwell why he chose 44. Gosh, I, I smell an Auburn Observer free article coming. Yeah, up. there we go. History behind everybody's numbers. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a great article. No, really, just just Dylan Cardwell's forty-four. Just Cardwell. Yeah, just Cardwell. <laughs> deep dive, a deep dive, thousand-word article on why Dylan Cardwell Cardwell wears forty-four. I wonder why Jalen Williams wears twenty-three. What's Sharif wearing? Uh, two. Ooh. Yeah. You better bring it on this on this Auburn team. If you're wearing <laughs> yeah. number two, you better bring it. Because yeah. Jalen was was two last year, right? Yep. After after Bryce. Yeah. What's Jalen wearing this year? Twenty three. That's right. Got the Okora jersey. Jeez. Yeah. You know what I think? Twenty three. Isaac Okora was the first. The first, the first one that I think of. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we got okay. I'll, we'll just go down the list. Tyrell Jones is still zero. Uh, we got Jamal Johnson at one. Sharif Cooper two. Uh, Javon Franklin is four. Nobody with three. Wow. Nobody with three. We haven't had a three in a while. Or no, we had Dead Joe. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had a three forever. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> is Daniel's uh, number retired? It's, and like, it's no time to let it rest. Us? It's got to rest. Uh, Chris Moore is five. JT Thor is ten. It's an interesting one. It's a it's a big dude wearing number ten. Uh, it's gonna play just like Samir. Oh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, uh, Leor Berman is twelve. I know you were waiting for that one, uh, Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Stretch is 13 Preston Cook 14 still uh, Alan Flanagan still 22 Jalen Williams 23 Justin Powell 24 So got a, That's a special number in my heart That's uh, Nate Watson's number uh, While he was 22 in high school uh, and, Also Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was Nate's before it was Kobe's Just so you know sure. uh, <laughs> uh, Chase, uh, Chandler Leopard that's a pretty badass last name. I don't 25. Know I wonder if it's Leopard. Oh, it's got to be Leopard. Man. Leopard, like the former uh, Luxembourgish cycling team. Sure. I'm sure that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Chase Mosdorp is 33. Devin Cambridge, still 35. And Dylan Cardwell at 44. Uh, I hope you were all writing that down at home so you can keep track of them on the court later. I mean, we're just the only source you can get. Those yeah, numbers. it's the only place you can get that. Um, I wouldn't know I, if you if we are the only Auburn podcast you listen to. God bless you. If we are the only Auburn sports media that you consume, we should probably Venmo you money at this point. I, I <laughs> you're the best. Oh. Um, guys, did we have we talked about this on the show? No, uh, Marquise is no longer a GA. He is director of player development. Good for Marquise. I I haven't seen that reported anywhere. For some reason, I thought he had left the program. I, well, he is on the site yeah. right here in front of me. Uh, I, I'm know. not not this not <laughs> that sounded a little harsh. Like I was arguing with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just shocked to see this because I had not heard yes, that. Screw you, right? So maybe we need. Uh, I, I, right now, as you hear this, I'm going to contact Will and see if he wants to write something up on that because I haven't yeah. seen that reported anywhere. Yeah, so I knew KT Harrell was the GA now in Marquise's spot. Um, so I, I guess I had just assumed because of that that Marquise was going to pursue something else. But no, good for him. Got himself a promotion. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. Uh, what I was going to ask before I came across that is, what number do you think, uh, if this was like baseball and the uh, coaches wore uh, jerseys on the sideline, what numbers do you think uh, all the coaches would wear? <laughs> uh I think Marquise would probably wear his NBA number or his Auburn number, right? Sure. 
Was that six? That was his NBA think, number. Yes. Do the uh, coaches get to wear? I think that's right. Non, non, zero to five digits. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think they have to be uh in like the sixties and above. The ones the players can't wear. I think that's what has to happen here. Or it just ends and like they could be number eight. Uh, sure. Yeah. Because like because. Yeah, I didn't even realize that that was a college thing until yeah. a couple of years ago where it was you, you can be 0 through 5, 10 through 15, etc. Yeah. Um I don't know. What uh, Bruce would obviously be 69. Sure. <laughs> There's no uh, that's, that's probably Steven. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Bruce is a Bruce is a wild and crazy guy. Uh yeah, uh, the, so how are we feeling about basketball at this point? Good question, G. I think, I think personally, I am hopeful because I, I, I'm on record as saying I don't love the Auburn fan base. <laughs> at least Auburn. <laughs> um, but if this Auburn basketball team were to start the season with two losses, let's just say out of the gate, um, I feel like Auburn Twitter is going to be a really lousy place to be. And that's going to really stink. Um, so I'm hopeful that Auburn starts somewhat strongly, especially in conference play. Um, and I really like, I really cannot, I cannot see us being bad when our best player is a point guard. And sure. I think there's no question that our best player is Sharif Cooper. I think everyone kind of thinks that. Like, I don't. I think, I think our Bruce best player might be J- Jalen Williams. Really? But well, maybe. I need to see Jalen Williams make a shot. Sure. You're, I, I think you're but, right about that. Why? When he could just dunk it. Well, That's true. But like, <laughs> he could run down the floor and throw it off the backboard to himself every time. I think I'd be okay with that. That's true. <laughs> He's going to gonna be a make. lot of dunks this year between Cambridge and uh, and Williams. All I want are dunks and threes, man. Well, I think dunks I think we're going to be able to. I think we're going to be able to do that between Cambridge, uh, Jalen, uh, Thor, who is also quite the dunker, and Dylan Cardwell. Yeah. I think we'll be okay on dunks. Uh, it, it's the threes we probably have to worry about, and that's where uh, Sharif can probably so, uh, do a little bit of work. My my question is is what we do at five this year because um, it traditionally Bruce has just gone with the two guys like even last year stretch didn't really play that much right uh, so I mean I don't think, I think stretch we know was he'll ready be to play last year, last year. I don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think stretch is ready to play well, last he had year. had like a year off possible. right he had had a year off in high school so he was kind of getting back into game speed but I mean. I, I don't I don't know if you can assume that Cardwell is going to be ready to go as the number two center right away. Um, so it, maybe we see a decent amount of small ball Jalen Williams at the five. Um, maybe Thor playing some five. I, I don't maybe, know. He might make some action there. Cambridge playing the five as big as he is. Possibly. How, how big uh, do you think he is? Well, he gained a bunch of weight. Like not was he six seven, six eight? Like six, six, yeah, I think I think you'd be more likely to see Thor there at six ten. I mean, you've uh, got Thor, you've got you've got Williams. You could throw a Cambridge at the four, Williams at the five lineup out. You could throw. 
I think we're going to see. A, I think we're going to see more of Cardwell than than. Yeah, and, and it's possible. Really on. Just um, uh, there's there's going to be twelve scholarship guys, and usually the rotation is nine or ten. So you you know, you're kind of curious who who's going to be the odd man out, odd odd two guys, three guys out this year. Um, we don't really know anything about Javon Franklin, even though he was around last year. Um, it, uh, no, is he going to be in the rotation? Or is he still, you know, last man on the, on the roster? Um, and then Chris Moore is kind of the other wild card of the freshman. Yeah. Where apparently he's been playing every position in practice, like three through five, pretty much. Uh, and he's hmm. he's a versatile guy. He's got decent size. Um, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we're as unpredictable in basketball as we are in football every year. I think at this point, we you kind of know what you're going to get with Auburn. We are, at worst, a tournament team, which is crazy to think. But I really think that we are, at worst, this year, a tournament team. Like a so bubble, we had this discussion last team year. Sneaking in. We had this discussion last year where you were very adamant that if you're an Auburn basketball fan, you can't be upset. or It's, it's not a failed season even if you're a bubble team, maybe you don't make it. 100%. Just because Auburn had been to the tournament twice in the last 20 years. So are, are we at the point now where if you don't make the tournament, it is a failed season? No. It's only a failed season, I would say now, if we don't make the tournament and Sharif leaves. Yeah. I. Because then you wasted your one year with Sharif Cooper. But if we yeah, don't it... make the tournament and it's because Sharif needs another year to develop, great. I sort of still think Bruce is going to make the tournament. I think so too. Like before yeah. before he before he came to Auburn, he never missed the tournament as a head coach. So I think I think we make it as well. I just think I putting us on, on the bubble, especially with an expanded tournament. I think putting us in the yeah. bubble is fine. I think that's that's probably where we should look. We should think of ourselves right now. I. I kind of think that we, I mean, you, you should probably expect to see some struggles during the season. Maybe not even right up front, just as the season goes. It's, you know, it's a grind, yeah. even the way the season's going to be this year. This but, team is about as young as possible. I mean, I, yeah, but I put together a team in a younger. I don't think it's crazy to think that they could have reached a different level by tournament time and, and do well in the SEC tournament as well. So, because yeah. um, guys shouldn't, in theory, be playing like freshmen by that point anymore. Um, but there's not none of these guys have any experience playing in that tournament. Like none of them. Uh, because even the conference tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Because we didn't have the tournament last year. So, um, you know, uh, there'll be other teams in that same position though. So it's not. You know that, that I don't know that that's that big of a deal. Uh, I don't know that guys will be as young as our guys. Obviously, uh, I don't know what Kentucky's doing, um, but they're always young and they always have success. So um, we don't have uh, you know starting five of all five stars though. I guess that's the other thing got to look at. No, we yeah, have, so we, the, we have the two, right? Yeah, we've got, <laughs> got two, and and we've got Jalen Williams, and we've got. Uh, Devin Cambridge was 
was not highly recruited, but I think that's because he was kind of a late bloomer. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this roster is what five freshmen, six sophomores, and a junior. Yeah, and who? Do we, junior I mean, being Jamal Johnson, who, who didn't I'll, he wasn't here as a freshman. So I'll believe it when I see it. I know there's a lot of hype, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I think we're a little bit uh, a little bit negative about here uh, preseason hype guys right yeah. now yeah. between yeah, Mark Anthony Richards. Yeah, and, we may never uh, see Jamal Johnson again. That may be the <laughs> thing that actually happens. Uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Who do we think the starting five will be? I mean, I, my, my money right now is I mean, Cooper's already penciled in. That's yeah. easy. Go on a limb and put Cooper at the one. Yeah. yeah. Put Johnson at the two. I, I think Cambridge is yeah. probably your starting two. Because, only, I mean, you say your options are Cambridge, uh, <laughs> well, Justin Powell, or Jamal Johnson. And, you know, Cambridge's got the most experience. Just because he plays so many. But well, Cambridge can play three, Ryan. Here's the thing I think they are in love with Alan Flanagan in he's not going to be able to play the four. You got too many bodies there. Yeah. So you think they're going to start Alan Flanagan. I think they're going to start Alan Flanagan. I think they trust him. And I think he might be your best him. defender this year. Yeah. I think I trust he, him. I, I think he was able, he was able to come in for Okoro at spurts last year. And there wasn't yeah, he, a huge drop off on defense. There was on offense, but not on sure. defense. I, I also kind of feel like maybe he's, he's the coach on the floor. Right, uh, especially, have so especially when you got a freshman athletes, where uh, I think you know he may not be the, the physical specimen where you know Devin Cambridge and Jalen Williams are, but he's a very smart basketball player. He didn't yeah. make a ton of mistakes last year, um, and so I, I think the three is kind of his spot to lose right now. Um, and so I guess Cambridge would be the other option if you wanted to get somebody else in at the two. Um, and then at the four, you're probably looking at Jalen Williams, um, unless JT Thor as as a reclassified freshman uh, yeah. takes that spot somehow. I don't really see that happening, at least out of camp. And then Stretch is definitely your five. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I I think you'll see a, a lot of the prototypical positionless basketball uh, this year. Uh, I. I because I think I think if you're not stretch, locked in with Austin Wiley at the five, right? And I think stretch is your only, only. I guess you'd say typical five, like especially he's not, a typical Bruce Pearl five, because he could run. Right, right. Um, Bruce has also said that he and Cardwell uh, will be shooting threes before uh, all said and done. He also so. said that about Horace, and he did shoot. And Horace took three. the most important three. <laughs> The history of the program. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if that had gone in, it, there'd be a Daniel Moore painting of it in my office. <laughs> if I had to commission one, that, that would, it would be happening in my office right now. There'd be, uh, it'd be a picture of him shooting that three with with uh, Stephen Pearl like in the background yelling, no! <laughs> and Bryce Brown looking at him like this with his arms out like, I'm standing right here. Before we go any further, I want to I want to correct myself earlier. Uh, we apparently already knew that uh, 
uh, Marquise was director of player development because that was his role last year, and I had completely forgotten about so it. That's broken so that's broken news. A, was he not the GA anymore last year? No, he wasn't. Uh, that uh, KT had taken that spot last year, right? Man, time is just meaningless. Yeah, I, I thought I, this I, would happen like two months I, ago. I know. I Dude, I, I can't. This is the a weird year. Uh, maybe KT wasn't, but yeah, that was already that had already happened last year. And as soon as that was said to me, I sort of vaguely recollect that now. Um, and being just as excited as I was earlier in this pod, then so. <laughs> Imagine it's good if to have you Marquis still around. Forgot all the happy thoughts you've ever had, and you got to have them all at once. Oh, what a great. wonderful life that would be. <laughs> yeah, but Ryan's to Ryan's point. Time is. Just, I I don't know what happened ten years ago and what happened yesterday at this point, because you like know, my daughter six, who six calls everything ago, that happened. My daughter calls everything that happened in the past yesterday. It's the oh, best. Yeah. It's like yeah, yesterday you let me eat ice cream in bed. When you think about one it, one time and you were sick and that was six <laughs> months ago. <laughs> Ain't alive. Well, um, I'm excited for basketball. I am too. Let's take a quick and break. Not, and not because of football. Let's take a quick break and talk football. Okay. What time's this break at? And we're back. 36 minute and 38 second mark of this wonderful podcast that you're still listening to. And we are going to talk about Auburn football's uh, just ran into the buzzsaw that are the South Carolina Gamecocks. I, you know. Oh, that's depressing. Like, we definitely did not think we were going to lose that game. No. But I think we didn't take into account the fact that nothing makes sense anymore or matters in this year. That's true. It could be a lot worse. We could have won a national championship last year and still not have a starting quarterback in week six, like LSU's mm. currently got going on, or five, week five. LSU yep. announced they were opening up their quarterback competition again earlier this week. Well, I think uh, I think that may end up saving jobs. The fact that they had the, the, their starting quarterback got hurt, supposedly. <laughs> but the thing uh, is, the offense hasn't been the problem this year, right? Has it? They've been so, giving up like forty points a game. So even now, the one thing that wasn't the problem is now a problem. Hmm. Guys, it's it's almost like Ed Ogeron is sort of a disaster as a head coach. He's a great uh, no man. It is the fact that nothing makes any sense anymore uh, because half the players on their team. This, no, though, didn't we? I'll tell you what. Half their make players sense. opted out. I'll tell you what doesn't make sense. Hiring Bo Pelini as your defensive coordinator in the year 2020. If you look at the teams that are winning, besides Arkansas, which makes no sense. No, it makes sense. I'll explain that in a minute. Teams that have had to hire a new coordinator on one side of the ball or place a quarterback are are not doing as well as the teams that have the same. Well, they all talked a big game too in the offseason about how oh it was easy to install our offenses. Uh, like yeah. everybody that did this, oh it was easy to transition this. We had walkthroughs and stuff like that, trying to downplay the, the thing, or, or at least I assume everyone did. I've seen Auburn did that for sure. And uh, and I, I've seen a couple of others that were like, oh, yeah, you know, it was a challenge, but we were able to walk through it. 
Um, I'll tell you why Arkansas is doing good. They got the the they were as low as you could possibly get. So think Auburn twenty twelve, and they got a bump of this guy who like really believes in them. Yeah, he's, he's doing things to put them in positions that that work, um, and, and not he's not really making them. They're not doing anything outside of themselves, like trying to right. They're playing and, their game. They're playing within themselves. Right. It's a huge deal when you're a team that like that. Yeah, and, and and now they got a little momentum and belief. Uh, I, that's why they're having success. Uh, I don't know that that's sustainable there uh, long term. Although he probably has a plan, so they may. I'm sure they'll be better than they have been. They lost uh, to us. They also though, made an sell. outstanding hire <laughs> for Barry Odom. And and uh, and Bryles. Kendall Bryles was a good was a good hire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a that's a coach that knows who to hire, and that's that's what being a head coach is about. Future Auburn uh, head coach Kendall Brown's hiring the right people. Uh, so hiring a twenty eight year old who leaves after one year, and then hiring a failed head coach not the best plan. So the twenty eight year old, I, I don't think is a, a terrible plan. He he was here as support staff more or less. And yeah. Gus was supposed to call the place, and he did, and that's fine. And I'm not sure that I would hate that arrangement this year. Let me tell you right now, I would love that arrangement this year. <laughs> this is the team that should have now, Gus calling the place. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, other than we are passing way too much, I don't know that the play calls on an individual level themselves have been that horrible. Our execution has just been god-awful. Yeah. That's red true. zone play calls have been awful. Yeah, yeah, those have been. When, really when Tank isn't getting the ball in the red zone, that's a problem. We did get. I, I don't. He, we he got his him. first touchdown this week in, in yeah. week four. There was another drive where we handed the ball like three times in the red zone. Right. Did not get the first down. And right. that, even but, even in this game where he had a, a heavy usage for his you know for his uh, yeah. career so far is sixteen carries. Yeah, that's not a lot. That's got to be tied. And three of them were on that one drive. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Can, can you guess how many uh, dropbacks you had? 40? Like, called passing plays? 40? Jeez, uh, what you got? We had 83 plays, I believe. Oh, 82. Boy. Bo ran a decent amount. Uh, so I'm those are scrambles. So I'm counting, I'm counting okay, those. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty-eight. He threw the ball forty-seven times. There were sixty called passing plays. Or maybe that's, 50, maybe that's 50 too plays. many. That's too effing many. Yeah, that's like that's twice. Too, that's too effing many. Hundred percent too many. Now, uh, what is this Mike Leach? We, we weren't. Yeah, we were not. Uh, we were not chasing the game the whole time either. So, yeah, we had the lead for most of the game. Lead. You know. Tank had 16 carries. DJ Williams only had four carries in this game. How many did Mark Anthony Richards? Now, now, would we rather? So, so let's play with many as I did. Let's play. Would you rather? Would you rather us run Tank into the dirt and? Uh, I think get there's a injured before the. Well, I know there is, but <laughs> I don't know that we've ever reached that happy medium at Auburn. The thing is, is when you're when you're saying run him into the dirt, that's not 20 carries. Even right. twenty five. I mean, you look at Carry On, who we did run into the dirt. Yeah, that was that was thirty carries a game. Guys, when Sean Shivers when Sean Shivers comes back, and you've got Sean Shivers, DJ Williams, 
as well as tank, we really should be running the ball 60 times a game. Sure. Well, like those are three uh, running backs. 50. I'd be happy with 50. Each one of those running backs could take 15 to 20 carries a game. Mm. I don't uh, know if you want them to. I, no, I wouldn't want, want, want them to. And I wouldn't. I don't think Shivers could do that either. I mean, if if as good as Tank is, Shivers is already hurt. So. It wasn't even like an or. It was Sean Shivers is the starting running back. Tank's the backup. Well, I, I I just I don't think that that was I don't ever think that that was true. <laughs> it was, I think it's true that he was the leader, one of the leaders on the offense in the offense. Sure. Yeah, I think that's true. So you reward him with, hey, like you're going to start. You're the look, starter. I'm not. I'm going to sit here and say he's better than Tank. He's not. But I I, don't I think, think he is a. Gonna, I think I he's think a he's better like, Cam Martin. That's fair. I think he's more. Uh, Sure. Yeah, and I think he's better than DJ Williams. And I think having him spell Sean, having him spell tank could equate to us running the ball 50 to 60 times. Well, I think what you're seeing with DJ Williams is he is the de facto third down back. He's, he's right. who they want in pass protection and he's caught the ball a decent amount this year. So yeah. I, think yeah, I, trust I, I don't think, I, yeah, I, I don't think he's the guy you ever want carrying the ball out of the back. <laughs> But uh, to be in there to block, to be in there to catch passes, I think he's fine. But still, if he had five, ten carries, I would be okay with that. And I think I think Shivers is a ten carry max guy as well. What I'm um, trying to if say the is the other option is is DJ Williams getting ten carries or Bo Nix passing an extra ten times. I want it to go to DJ. Yeah, well, and you, we're not even factoring in. I th- I think Bo is capable of running the ball five times a game at least. Well. Uh, including not, the sacks he had 15 carries in this game not not power uh i don't want to see power yeah, he scrambled fairly game. well in this game but but getting him outside the tackles um uh, and doing some uh rpo stuff with him i think is uh, and that's that's I, honestly that's part of the offense this year honestly i'm not sure that he couldn't do what nick marshall did like not not run for of that many yards but to to run the zone read i think he could do it um, he's mobile enough to, to, to stay out of trouble. I mean, he's running for his life now. You can like design, draw some stuff up for he's him. He's running run. for his life now. And that's the issue is that he's not under a tremendous amount of pressure all the time. Well, a lot of times he is though. until it's a third down or a into the half hail Mary where they rush three. Yeah. yeah. And can't block him. But like there were even the announcers on that game were like, he's running himself out of the pocket. Like he literally is flushing himself out. There is no pressure, and he's just. I mean, we saw this from, from Jarrett's. We saw this from Jarrett Stidham, uh, except that Jarrett Stidham didn't scramble. He just took the sacks. Like, like that's. But it's the same stuff, or he just threw it away. It's the it's the same thing. He does when you your quarterback doesn't trust his line. It it ruins everything else. Whether whether they've whether they're still protecting him or not. If he doesn't trust them, then it's it's not gonna it's gonna cause a lot of problems. Well, and just from the eye test, and I you know I don't have the numbers to back this up, but aside from the Georgia game where the offensive line did get beat, I mean, there's yeah. no question about that. It doesn't seem like they're getting beat a ton this year, except for when they misread the defense. Yeah, there's been there's been too many you know free rushers that just don't get picked up, but it doesn't seem like you know once they're engaged with somebody. They're not letting a ton of guys through, I don't think. Sure. Um, until Bo leaves the pocket, and then yeah, it's a lot well, more difficult then, to block an open field. Yeah. Um, 
So I think there's got to be some adjustments there. Yeah, he he. I mean, I don't know how you look at this game tape and say, yeah, we need to keep throwing forty plus times. Yeah, he one hundred percent has to to stick in that pocket. He has to take some sacks too. Uh, like it just has to happen. Uh, he's gonna have to get over it. Um, it, it just hold on to the ball. Um, but uh, it, yeah, that, we don't. That's what him. caused one of the interceptions was just him extending the play and doing a good job yeah. at it, but then making a terrible decision outside the yeah. pocket. Yeah, well, rolling to the left, throwing the first back one across himself. The first one was the worst decision he's made as Auburn quarterback, I think. I mean, yeah. he, just, he just it was just awful. Uh, but I, I, you know, here's the other thing maybe if we ran the ball a little more, uh, like it also alleviates this problem. There's, uh, it, I'll say this about this college football season there's a there were times back when I used to fly a lot where you get on a flight in one place, one country, and you would um, take off, and the sun would go down, but you would know that it's actually like the middle of the day where you're landing. And then all of a sudden, they'd come out with like breakfast or some meal that just didn't make any sense. And you would look at your watch, and you'd try to figure out what time it is where you're landing, and you'd look at the eggs in front of you, and you just really couldn't figure out, well, what what is this? What what meal is this supposed to be? What meal is this supposed to be? Is exactly how I feel this college football season is, <laughs> because we've already learned that they're going to let people transfer at the end of the year without any penalty. Mm-hmm. We've already seen a lot of big time players, especially at LSU, who have decided to opt out and not play at all. And we had no spring practice, no Alcorn State warm-up games. We're playing conference games only. The Big Ten hasn't even played yet, and Michigan moved up in the rankings last week. There's uh, uh, nobody uh, – the the year doesn't matter because none of the players lose any eligibility. None of the players – exactly. So what <laughs> like is a- this? So like, what I mean is like we don't – we all can sit here on this podcast and talk about it. We might even use the words like we might get to bowl eligibility, yet nobody on this podcast knows if bowls are going to happen. Yeah, that that's the <laughs> thing that I keep. I'm like, are they going to have bowls? Like, why? And what uh, is like, bowl eligibility, anyways? Or, yeah. Six games? Well, the Big Ten's not going to play, but I think seven or eight games. So you know, the Big Ten has a full ten games. Well, full ten game schedule. The Pac-12 is playing seven. Yeah, Pac-12 playing seven games. So you have to win six of those seven to go to a bowl game. I don't know. Yeah. It, what about teams that are playing three games? I saw a projection today that said Auburn versus Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. Guys, if there's, why would there be a Las Vegas Bowl? I have a, gr- I have why a great topic that? for, for a, a show later on um, about the spring ball. Because uh, that's essentially what uh, Jacksonville State's doing right now. They've played three games and then they're going to have a season in the spring. So uh, why, instead of playing stupid scrimmages uh, in the spring, why don't we just have a, like three games? You just play three three games against people, and that that's when you could have Auburn play like Cal. That's what college and, soccer does. Yeah, that's been uh, my platform for a while. Not not exactly that, but essentially to say, forget spring games. We're going to have our 
FCS opponent be our exhibition. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think you should do like three games. I think that that's uh, just get you a little season in right there. And it, it would make money for the universities. Like if you, you don't even have to do FCS games, man, you could do like actual teams. You play actual teams or you could play a couple FCS teams and then go like, go play. Um, like I said earlier, Cal. Like an or, extra bowl game almost. Yeah, yeah. It's like an extra bowl game kind of thing. And, Everyone's and, schedules uh, Hawaii. Hawaii but, just gets to be like, yeah, everybody yeah, can play yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. We could uh we could, you know, go go I think we could do a lot more with that later, but uh No, that's a really good idea. It's just something that, that hit me with what's happening with Jacksonville now is they were like, Well, we're gonna go get our money right now because <laughs> we don't know if there's gonna be a season and then their conference announced the season in the spring. Um so it, everything's weird. Every, everything is, is, is strange. I mean, we, this, this podcast here, we've talked about how we thought everybody was going to be bad. Um, I, I think that's sort of, everybody looks out. bad. And unless your name's Alabama, although their, their defense looks pretty, pretty Only bad. Clemson looks good on both sides of the ball. <laughs> Clemson yeah. looks insane. Yeah. Well, didn't they like, just don't believe in COVID and had spring practice and stuff like that. Isn't that sort of what happened there? So uh, let's do a little preview of, of Ole Miss before we go, because you guys are going to yeah. maybe get a bonus, b- 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 bonus podcast this week. So I don't want to give you too much content for free. So let's give you a, a quick preview of of Ole Miss. Ole Miss put up a lot of points against Alabama, but literally almost allowed the maximum amount of yards they could have allowed. They right. were four yards short of allowing all of the yards Alabama could have theoretically gained against them. Meaning you punt, Insane. if you punt and the other team gets the ball at the 20, the maximum amount of yards they can gain is 80. Okay? So Alabama had four yards they left on the field, and that was mainly because of a, I think they kicked a field goal. I don't, I'm not even 100% sure how they left four yards. They scored on every drive. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah, uh, so... I think we're in real trouble if we can't score some points on this Ole Miss team. Like, How are they against in, in, in a perfect world, we'll have some short fields because uh, do you guys know how many interceptions they threw last week against Arkansas? Hopefully more than one. Four? Yeah, keep going. Seven? Seven turnovers, six interceptions against Yikes. Arkansas. Well, that sounds kind of like Tennessee, who also suck. <laughs> threw multiple touchdown passes to the defense? Yes. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so uh, maybe the old lame train spent all of his time preparing for the uh, Alabama game. Uh, and maybe everyone uh, hopped on the Lane Kiffin is awesome uh, bus a little too soon. Um, so not, not only did they throw six picks, but it's not like they were having success otherwise and they just like you know had to continue forcing the ball. Yeah. They were only uh, averaging 5.3 yards per pass, which is – like mm. the, about the same as Bo did against Carolina. How do they? How do they run? How, how's their run game? Um, nothing special. I mean, they're uh, let's see, they're rushing off it. They're getting four point four yards per carry. Auburn's at four point six. So I mean, they're, you know, they're comparable but not as good. So uh, I think that Tank should have a big game uh, against them. Uh, just based on what Alabama did to them, uh, because Najee Harris just had his way with them, especially late in that game. Yeah, I mean the Ole Miss uh, defense has been in the, shootouts I mean, good. all season. They let's see, they allowed 
33 points to Arkansas. I think they had 42 points to Kentucky. All right. Uh, we like should, 60 something to Bama. We should score 57 points against this team. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I doubt it happens. So they're allowing almost 10 yards per pass on defense. Yikes. They're, I mean, they're, they're making every offense look like pretty much. Awesome. Jeez. So, uh, so everyone's going to be extra enraged. So, when so we, is this, uh, the, uh, this yeah, say, is this when I say that, you know, Oh, this team can't hit a three. No, they shoot 40%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, I, I just, I know everybody loves Lane Kiffin. I think he's kind of a joke. Uh, and <laughs> that's why I love and maybe he's in on the joke, so maybe that's that's okay. He fulfills um, the the less miles position now that he's out of the conference to me. Like I, I love him in the conference. I uh, don't want him as my head coach. I I loved him at Tennessee only because he just antagonized Urban Meyer with like with no like ground to stand on. Just antagonized the guy the entire time, and I loved it. But I just I. I sort of think that's that's what I think of when I think of Lane Kiffin, and I, I I know he's done some great things on offense. He did it for Alabama, uh, but as you have seen, Alabama doesn't struggle on offense no matter who's the offense coordinator. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, they could beat us. I I don't like Lane Kiffin because of the 2014 Iron Bowl. Ugh. God. Which is, in my opinion, the most important loss of Gus Malzahn's career. And I've talked about this on this podcast, but if, if, uh, uh, I think the, I think the one in Gus, Pasadena is a little more important no, than that 14 Iron Ball, my friend. If Gus Malzahn beats Nick Saban in 2014 and starts his career as Auburn's head coach with back-to-back wins, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. I don't think it's as big a deal as winning a national championship in your first year. But, yeah, uh, but it's, it's kind of a fear the third finger stickers going on everybody's car. Momentum imagine imagine winning the 2017 SEC championship, keeping Georgia and maybe Alabama out of the playoff. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. and being in the playoff. So I think that's even I'm more. I'm saying important. Nick Marshall wins the 14 Iron Bowl. Nick Saban retires. Nah. No. Or takes the Texas there's, job or takes no the way. Jets job. Uh, no, there's no way he's going back to the NFL. That, that's not happening. Maybe Texas. I I, I don't I don't I one can dream, but I, I just think that that's uh because uh, that keeps I, them out of the I national championship in 14. I think it's a, I think it's an important game. I don't think it's as important as the national championship or the SEC championship in in 17. Uh, because you keep them both out in 17 and you make it there yourself in 17. Well, there's also well. a decent chance that Gus Malzahn's the head coach of like the Browns. <laughs> if I yeah. wins that 14 iron ball. Maybe. Yeah. Cause he'd be like an off, he would be thought of as like this offensive genius. He was at the time. Yeah. 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 When you have Nick Marshall breaking passing records against Alabama. Yeah. And everybody caught up. Auburn mm-hmm. rushed for like 300 yards in that game or some nonsense. It's insane. Sammy Coates caught 200 yards. Yes. <laughs> I mean, good and Duke God. had another 180. Oh, when I think about that game, it makes me sick. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> so this all, I, I think we're all in agreement that, that we could definitely lose this game, right? Uh, we could we lose. shouldn't. At this point, I'm not going to say Auburn double negative here. I'm not going to say that Auburn can't lose any game, hopefully, except for the Mississippi State one. But We could lose we'll every game on our schedule. Yeah. We are in very much NFL territory here. Where except except we don't get game, the first pick in the draft, right? We lose the rest of our game. Well, NFL today, in that like anybody who really bets on NFL games is insane because teams just lose to teams they should never lose to because they're like ah, I could lose five games, still make the playoffs. But but they all think that they're better off there because they they get all the injury reports, right? But like <laughs> that's the thing, everybody gets the injury reports. Yeah, fact, right. If you told me the Falcons were gonna drum the Vikings. I told you you're crazy, but they did. If, if you told me that Aaron Rodgers was going to get me 3.8 points in fantasy this week, I would have told you <laughs> you're insane. The NFL is yeah. a crapshoot because all those guys are pros, even the worst teams. There's no Alcorn State in the NFL. We are at that level. There is no Alcorn State left on our schedule. Right. The worst team on our schedule is still Mississippi State, which in a good year, in a normal year, that's a tough win for Auburn. Are we sure LSU isn't worse? Well, that's true. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, two uh, points state. against Arkansas. Yeah, or no, two points against who was it? Kentucky. No. Kentucky. It was two yeah. against Kentucky. Who? How many did they have last week? It was like twelve or ten. I'm telling y'all that that is they're combined uh, less than three touchdowns. Yeah, they've had a combined less than three touchdowns in two weeks. That's the that's what you get when you get Mike Leach. He might score you 70 points one week, but then he might score you 10 the next. Is there so, any chance two. he puts up 40 on Alabama surrounded by like 10-point games on either side? Oh, yeah. There's absolutely a chance. <laughs> absolutely. There's as much uh, of a chance that Alabama beats them 100-0. to zero. Now, now, when do they play <laughs> Alabama? This weekend? No, I think that's like mid-November. No, no, he's our, He's going to have abused some players by then, and it's not going <laughs> to like th- this thing. That thing in Starkville won't really get kicking for another couple of years. If the if the if, if it lasts that long, defense like the strategy. Everybody's like, oh, people are using the Washington strategy against Leach in the SEC. Yeah, that strategy just rush three, <laughs> rush three. And, and cover everybody else. Make sure the three are really good and run a zone on everybody else. Well, Alabama will be like, all right, we got the three best defensive linemen. Yeah. They'll, they'll get that a recruiting bunch of class. Yeah. Just <laughs> just, you guys go for it. Georgia, yeah. if they play each other, I don't know if they play each other, might set a record for sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so, Ryan. I'm sorry, Mississippi State's so bad. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, man. Gotta hurting you. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we should win this game, but who knows? Uh, Said it the last two weeks, and uh, you've seen the results. We're this is at home, at least, right? No. Oh God, never mind. <laughs> uh, never mind. The uh, look, if Bo doesn't throw, if Bo has one turnover, I think we win this game. If he has more than that, we're gonna lose. Uh, I, I'm just looking for a combined ten turnovers in this game. Man, I'd give anything for Sean White, starting quarterback, right now. That's where I'm at. So it's funny. Uh, I was talking to a friend who's not an Auburn fan, and he flipped on the Auburn game at the end. He was like, man, he looks like Johnny Manziel out there. Well, Which, the, the when I'm watching him, I'm like, the last his, drive. yeah, when I'm watching him, I'm like, you know, his like 
the way he runs and all that stuff, I'm like, yeah, he's just not making as good decisions as Johnny Manziel Let me tell you what, did on the field. On the field decision. I will say this right now. I said it I said it in the Slack. Bo Nix plays football like someone who learned about football by listening to Johnny Manziel's Heisman season on the radio. <laughs> Not watching it, listening to it. And I mean, then deciding yeah, it, this is how I make that happen. Yeah. Um it I I think it's natural. I don't think he looked at Johnny and tried to to, to emulate him. I think it's natural because he started playing varsity football in eighth grade as a starter right. and was been running for his life his entire career. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's where he learned all this, that, that nonsense that hasn't cost us yet. The, 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 like trying to throw the ball away, the, the, the cowboy stuff, as I right. call it. Um, well, we've had a review in like the, what, the last three games of, Oh, was he down? <laughs> yeah. Or was right. Pass, or was and it- I, and like every time I'm like, I didn't cr- like, what? What? I don't. I don't even understand. He clearly understands because it hasn't. Like they've all been legal, except for he got a, a intentional grounding this week. Uh, He's clearly, what about the time that he fumbled a uh, fumbled, fumbled a spike and then yeah. spiked right. behind? Right, right. right <laughs> He's right. going to complete one of those, and he's also going to throw one to the other team. Is my prediction for the end of the year? Or, or it's going to be a fumble like that. Right. That's the thing. One's uh, going to be a turnover, and he's going to somehow like complete one from a horizontal position to like the running back. And everyone's going, Oh wow. What a play. Brett Favre yeah. out here. Which I think he did that last year. I think, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, but it, that stuff's going to cost. I honestly, I think if he didn't do all that stuff, even with all the other stuff he does, and even though that has, none of those have cost us anything yet. I, I think people would not be as angry uh, with him currently as some people are i i think that stuff really I would like for his completion percentage to be higher That's sure all i care about uh, but <laughs> well, I, it I would be if you took a sack yeah that's true and you know uh, i think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the drop problem on this team oh yeah these guys can't it's, catch it's not ball. just Seth Williams. it's it's everybody yeah um might uh if, if the coaching staff stays intact for the most part this offseason, I think you might be seeing a new wide receivers coach. Just is there such thing as a hands coach? Can we get a, <laughs> can we get a hands coach? Uh, and the I, I was on that note, too. It's not just the hands. These guys are not as good at blocking as uh, our wide receivers have been in the past. Uh, that could be now because we are running some different stuff. Yeah. Uh, than before. Um, John Samuel Schenker, I hate to call the single out players. He can't block anything, and it is it has killed us on several runs. Well, he's the first baseman, um, Chief. That's that's true. Um, but two it, point it, conversion extraordinary. Yeah, that there's just you, you gotta you gotta we gotta have better blocking. Everybody's got to be better. Like I I can't think outside of Tank who. I am terrified because of the way he runs that he's going to be hurt every single time he runs. Uh, outside of him, th- there's not really a guy on this team that I'm like, yeah, they're playing great. Uh, I will say when he's been healthy this year, Eli Stove has been extremely good. Yeah, sure. He's been great. Yeah. yeah. I would say even um, Anthony Schwartz has been pretty good. No. He had a hundred yard one, game. He had one good game, uh, which we're lucky for. He's just not, he's not that great. 
Um, I think he's he's fine. He's just he and Nick's don't have a great connection. No, I think uh, my take on Schwartz is I think he's a great uh, luxury player, a guy you have when everything else is is good. He's not the guy you want. You need to rely on. And um, he's your person. He not should your be Dallas Baker. Yeah, he, he's he. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not Santana Moss who is a similar speed dude, small speed guy uh, that played for uh, the uh, Miami Hurricanes before Ryan was born. And no, it was after Ryan was born, but barely, uh, barely. Uh, it, it, he's, he's that, he's not that guy. Cause that guy was their receiver. Like he, he was uh, him and uh, Shockey. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but he, uh, he's, he's just, he's a, I don't want to say he's like a third or fourth option, but he's just not the guy that that needs to be the one winning a bunch of ball games for us. I think he's the he, he's, he's a great he's the Tyree kill for the Chiefs, where when your quarterback is playing great and you've got a you know awesome first option like uh, Travis Kelsey, yeah, you know when when everything else is already put together, yeah, he's the one that you add that takes you over the top. Yeah, yeah, that that he's the cherry on top, and right now we have a shit Sunday. So, uh, Saturday, the, 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 yeah, yeah, right. The, the cherry doesn't, uh, doesn't really work out that well. Um, and, and maybe when everything else gets clicking, then he'll be good if everything else gets clicking. Yeah. But we got other guys dropping balls. I mean, Capers got hit with one like just right where you want it. Gosh, catch it. that was the worst um, drop of the game. I, th- I thought so too. Uh, and then he caught one later though. That was Sh- the Shedrick's had a couple drops. Oh, Shed. Man. I um, think I think Bo went away from Shed after his last drop. Well, you know. I'm not done that it, guy anymore. And, and I don't blame is, him. Yeah, our complaint is, like, he only wants to throw to Seth. And it's like, well, it's because these other guys don't catch the ball. Yeah, and Seth, Seth uh, has had a couple of drops. But for the most part, he's been pretty money on 50-50 balls that have been in the yeah. vicinity. And I trust he, him more on, on jump balls than I do. Regular routes. Like, yeah. Like on a ten yard out, he did have that one pretty badass run though. The like yeah, it was where called he caught back. it, he caught it ten play. yards out and ran for thirty. Uh, it, that was called back because the dude tripped over his own feet, and they said yeah. Capers held him. Well, it's a different. It's a different game if, he, if that play is not called back. I agree. Like I, I was thinking that at the time. I was like, wait a minute, that's a first down. With Auburn still has a timeout at that point. This is that's a whole different ball game. That's the dumbest. Like, how is that a hold when uh, like? we're getting held literally every play. Like our defensive linemen are just, just like every time they would show like their quarterback, we'd have one of our dudes running around uh, like about to get him. And their guy just like over his shoulders, grabbing him from it's like ridiculous. But then they but call that a hold when, when on capers. Yeah. yeah. That penalty and the pass interference on McCreary on third <sighs> down when the ball is literally 15 feet in the air out of bounds. But uh, meanwhile, Horn is literally hanging all over Seth every play. Like that, I I don't I don't get the discrepancy in call like in calls. I just don't get it. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't understand how they can justify it. I don't understand why it happens. I I don't think people are out, I don't think the refs are out to get Auburn or anything. It's no, just, it's just it's still fun to complain about though. Yeah. You heard your first guys. Refs cheating. Yeah. Bar not cheating hard enough. Bar not cheating hard enough. There you go. And with that, we will see y'all 
hopefully next week after an Auburn win over the Lane Kiffin train of Oxford. Oh, no. Question mark. 